Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Exodus? That's right, I said Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, trying to get my, it's not going to work, so I'll just do it the old-fashioned way. All right, Exodus chapter 3. I'm excited for this message today. This comes right out of some of my devotional time with God, and so we're excited, I'm excited to share this with you. But I want us to relax into this moment as we head into this Thanksgiving holiday season. Uh, it's going to be important that we hear this. The title of this short one sermon series is The Power of Thanks. It's going to be one of those things where it's going to be hard for us to see exactly uh, how we're getting there. But trust me, we are moving towards the power of thanks and finding out what the true power of thanksgiving is. And so if you have your Bibles, open them to Exodus chapter 3 and we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then God said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. Well, this has been a crazy year. Uh, we have called it 2020. And uh, it's almost one of those things where we want to say, it's 2020 and the music, dun, dun, dun. Because it has been one of those years that we have experienced uh, something that hasn't been experienced in a hundred years or so. And so I just thought one of the ways that we could look at it is to look at some memes that are, that have been coming out lately. Uh, something that helps us have a little bit of levity during this crazy time. So the first uh, meme I want to show you, and I think you'll be able to see those on your screen at home, uh, just gets us into the mood. This is kind of what happened, wasn't it? I mean, we had January, everything was great, we were looking forward to a good year, 2020 was going to be, and then February, huh? And then March, and then April set in, and May, and June, this only goes through June, we're already in November, uh, probably looks even more ragged by then. <laughs> Teachers had to learn something new, and so that next means uh, we had to learn how to operate in our classrooms. <laughs> when you turn around and a student is six inches away instead of six feet away, the look that you give uh, is one of shock and horror. 
We started watching, uh, binge-watching shows. So if you're a Friends fan, this one's for you. If 2020 was a couple, uh, you'll get that one if you're a Friends fan. Uh, if you're a Harry Potter fan, the next one is for you. If 2020 was a person, you know what that means with Dolores Umbridge. The next one, we started, we were glad that football was back. But if 2020 had a mascot, here it is. Of course, I also think that's Ohio State's mascot, or maybe just Ohio State fan. I'm not sure. Uh, one of the two. <laughs> if uh, we don't want the kids to feel left out, if 2020 was a slide on the playground, it would look something like this. <laughs> These are great, aren't they? I, I didn't want my friend Matt Leach to be left out. He's a fisherman. We were glad we could go fishing. But if 2020 were a fishing reel, this would be it. Who wants to untangle that one? Some of us, we just said, well, as long as I have coffee. But if uh, 2020 was a coffee mug, it kind of feels like this, this mug. A little poke in the eye while you, you drink. If, if you uh, enjoy some other types of food, uh, maybe some, uh, some potato chips. If Lay's were coming out with a 2020 bag of potato chips, how about orange juice and juice and toothpaste flavor. Yum. That screams 2020. If you're like me and you just want to make some guacamole to make 2020 go away, your avocado would probably look like this. And if you wanted that guacamole for a plate of nachos and 2020 made your nachos, it would look like this. Saltines and American cheese is not nachos. Maybe you try to relax by, by putting out a scented candle. Well, if 2020 was to be a scented candle, it would probably smell like this. Some porta potties on fire. And the thing that brings horror to us all is a meme that you can't see, but I want to say to you is, what if 2020 is just a trailer? For 2021. Oh, no, good. We're hoping that that is not the case. What does this have to do with Moses? Well, I want you to know Moses experienced over a lot of his life some of the things that we have been experiencing in 2020. We see in that very first verse, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock out into the wilderness. Uh, for us, that is, it's really a verse, but it doesn't quite capture all that was happening in Moses' life during that time. There's a lot summed up in that one verse of Moses watching his father-in-law Jethro's flock out in the wilderness. Moses' story, if you're unfamiliar with the story of Moses, I want to take you through it very quickly. The story of Moses begins in tragedy. The people of Israel are, are held as slaves by the superpower of its day, Egypt. And the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, was nervous because this group of slaves kept expanding and expanding and expanding. He was worried that there were going to be too many of them and someday they might betray Egypt and they would be overwhelming them with their sheer numbers. 
And so Pharaoh does a horrible thing and begins to try and commit infanticide. In fact, he does. He wants them to take the baby boys and throw them in the Nile River. And so Moses' mother keeps him as long as she can. If you want to read this later on, it's only two chapters, chapter 1 and chapter 2. But Moses' mother holds him as long as she is able to. And then finally, when he is too big, she decides, I I just can't do this. So she makes a basket and and waterproofs it with tar and, and puts the baby in and sets him out in the reeds. And as God would have it, that basket floats down a little bit and comes in contact with the Pharaoh's daughter, the princess of Egypt. And she sees that basket and she draws it out and she names him Moses. Did you know that the name Moses means to draw out? And so she names him Moses, but she is fully aware, oh, this must be one of the Israelite children. And so she is not willing. She has compassion on him. She is not willing to just throw him to his death in the river. She takes him and she raises him in the king's palace. He is raised in Pharaoh's house, but he sees the treatment of the Israelites. And I'm sure he would have known that he was one of them. He begins to see what, how they are being treated and and begins to to see, in fact, in chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, we see that Moses was one day walking and sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, beating one of the Israelites. And he decides to take matters into his own hands and he actually kills the Egyptian for what he is doing. And he hides his body, the Bible tells us, in the sand. He goes on thinking, I've saved one of my people. The next day he is walking through and he sees two Israelites who are arguing. And he says, brothers, why are you as brothers arguing amongst yourselves? And one of them looks at him in sheer anger says, are you going to kill me just like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? And Moses knows that people know. And eventually Pharaoh will find out. And so he flees into the wilderness. He, he goes out into Midian. And, and we do find out that Pharaoh finds out and is very angry with Moses for what he has done. And so Moses is out in the wilderness. He, he meets Jethro, the priest of Midian. He meets one of his daughters. And, and he kind of rescues them from some shepherds that are, uh, are seeking to just kind of bully these daughters of Jethro. And so Moses is welcomed in and, and they meet together and, and in thanks, Jethro gives one of his daughters, Zipporah, to Moses as a wife. So life goes on. He gets married. He is uh, fortunate to have a son, but listen to what he names his son. He names his son Gershon. It gives you a, a little bit of the feeling, the flavor of what Moses was feeling. He names his son Gershon, which means I have been an alien in a foreign land. Do you catch the hint of the despair, of the anguish, of the anger, of the frustration that he would even name his son that I have been an alien in a foreign land? And then in chapter 2, the last, the last verse 23 and, and, and throughout, we see that after a long time, the king of Egypt, that would be Pharaoh, died. And the Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. 
So we know that this was not just a brief moment, but was a long, long time for Moses. I'm sure that his thoughts and questions were probably similar to some of ours. Some of those questions being, I thought that this would be different. I thought that life would be different. Why is it not different, O God? Why am I here? What is the purpose? Why is this thing happening in our world today? Why am I out in the wilderness? I'm sure that Moses had some complaints as well. Things like, I'm in a foreign land. I'm an alien. I don't understand the culture. I don't understand what's going on right now. Everything seems foreign to me. He might be thinking, I work for my wife's dad. I mean, I was raised in the palace. What would I be doing right now if I were back in Egypt? Why am I out here? I wanted so much more from my life, God. Can you hear that this morning? Have you been there? Have you experienced what Moses is experiencing? Are you there right now? Has 2020 brought you to some of these same questions that Moses is asking right now? Well, I want you to know that this right here in that moment where Moses was wandering in the wilderness, working for his father-in-law, watching sheep, not the smartest animals on the planet. And he was out in the wilderness. It is here. It is there in the wilderness that God shows up. A bush that's on fire, but not consumed. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about that bush right now, but it is there in the midst of that, that Moses sees this. And when he sees this, God calls him. And he calls him by name. Moses. Moses. It's interesting that he, he calls him twice. And some scholars say that is a real sign of intimacy. That God knows Moses and he wants to call him. So he says, Moses, Moses, for there not to be any doubt. And Moses' response is our Hebrew word today. It is the word hineni. I think one of the most, uh, the best words for us as human beings to learn in Hebrew is the word hineni. So let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Hineni. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Hineni. It simply means here I am. When a parent would call a child, they would often call the child twice. And the response from child to parent is, Hineni, here I am, here I am. And Moses, in a very childlike fashion, responds to this God who has called him intimately as he's out in the wilderness watching, working for his father-in-law, not having the life he anticipated. It is there in the wilderness that God calls him. And Moses' answer is, Hineni, here I am. And God says to him something important. Two phrases, and we're going to look at these and we're going to look at them actually in reverse order, but... God says, come no closer. You can read this if you want in your Bible. Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. 
Let's start with that second phrase. The place where you are standing is on holy ground, is holy ground. Wouldn't you just love to hear what Moses was thinking during that time? I mean, he would probably be saying, here, here, here is holy, right here. God, are you not aware? This is, you're saying this is holy? Now, I just want you to know that the word for holy is the word kadesh. Let's say that together. That's the Hebrew word for holy. Ready? One, two, three. Kadesh. Let's try it again. Ready? One, two, three. Kadesh. And Kadesh, which is translated holy, but it literally means set apart for God's purposes. I mean, don't you think Moses was probably saying, really, God, really, here is holy, here is set apart from your purpose, here in the wilderness where there's nothing around, where it's barren and dry, here is holy, here where I'm, I'm working for my father-in-law, where I'm not having the life that I anticipated that I would have, here is holy, here in the middle of nowhere is holy, when I could be in Egypt working and doing the things that I was set up, here is holy, not there, here is holy where I'm waiting and longing for life to start, where I don't have to be an alien in a foreign land, but you're saying here, right here, is holy. Really, God. And it's as if God is wanting Moses to know that in the midst of your pain, Moses, yes, here is holy, because there is a presence in the midst of your pain. This doesn't mean that God caused the pain or caused the pandemic that we're experiencing to happen. But that does not negate that there is a presence in the midst of our pain. And when God's presence shows up, no matter where God's presence shows up, there is holy. It is set apart for God's purposes. I don't know if you needed to hear that this morning, but I needed that this week. To know that here, in 2020, here, where none of us would want to be, where none of us wants to wear a mask, and none of us wants to to do all these things and have all these things happen, none of us wanted to lose our job, none of us wanted to preach to an empty congregation, but yet God says, here, I am here. And where my presence is, is holy. It is set apart for my purpose. There is a presence in the pain. And so he asks Moses to do something very strange. He says, remove your sandals. Seems really weird. Really weird. That there is holiness in the ground where you are standing. You don't have to come any closer, Moses. Right where you're standing, right here in the wilderness, right, right here where you didn't want to be, right there is holy ground. It's set apart for my purpose. My presence is there, and therefore there is something that is going to take place, something that's going to happen, transforming you in the midst, right where you stand. And I need you to take off your sandals. It's as if God is saying, there's a barrier between us and God wants nothing between you and his holy ground, his presence in the midst of that. I got to thinking about that. The Holy Spirit began to lead me, got me thinking about that we have two sandals. 
We have two feet. I have two shoes on right now. I got to think, what is, is there a significance in this two shoes? And for me, it was as if God said, maybe the two sandals on your feet, Jeff, are the past and the, pre- and the future. That longing for the past is one way that you kind of block being in the present where God's holy presence and ground is. And longing for a future or worrying about a future that may or may not come into existence sometimes presents, prevents us from experiencing God right here and right now in the present. What is it for you? What in your past is preventing you from touching holy ground today? Is it a loss of job? Is it anger and frustration over having to wear a mask? Is it just longing for the good old days of the past? Maybe it has nothing to do with the pandemic. It has everything to do with, I just wish things would go back to the way they used to be. Where it was familiar. Where I knew what to expect day to day. What are your anxieties about tomorrow? What are they distracting you from God today? Are you just, I just can't wait till we get past this. Sometimes we get our future and our past. We want, we want the future to get here so we can go back to what it looked like in the past. And our passage today is saying to us, brothers and sisters, take off your sandals. Don't let there be a barrier. Don't let the past or the future be a barrier to God's holy presence in the present right here and right now. There is holy purpose in today. Yes, in 2020. Yes, with the pandemic going on. There is still holy purpose because God is here. And I want you to know this very radically. You can only, I can only, we can only ever experience God in the present, in the here and now. When we take off our sandals and sink our feet into the present, we will find that God's presence is there. That's so good. I'm going to read that again. You may want to write that down. When we take off, when you take off, maybe write your own name in there. When I, write your name there, take off my sandals and sink my feet into the present, no matter what the present looks like, we will find God's presence there. And the power of thanks, this little series that we're in, is really the recognition of the presence of God in our here and now. The power of thanks is really the recognition of the presence of God because when we realize that God is in the the present and His presence makes this moment a holy moment that will transform me because it's set aside for His purposes then usually the response is eucharisteo. Now I'm moving from Hebrew to Greek. The response is usually thanks. And eucharisteo 
is the word for giving thanks. Maybe that's why some of the older traditions in the Christian faith, when they approach communion, they use the word Eucharist. That there is something about taking the bread and the cup that is about being thankful that God is in the present. I mean, think about this for, the, for a moment. When Jesus wanted to give us, when wanted to give the disciples something to hold on to, to remind them that God is found in the present. He gives them bread, something that you hold in your hand. He gives them a cup, something that they can hold in the here and now, in the present, right where you are, and say, God's presence is here. And He invites you to take that bread into your body and take that that cup in that wine into your body and you begin to experience the here and now powerful, holy, purposeful presence of God in the here and now, in the present right now. And you become like that bush so long ago on fire. The fire may be all around you, but you are not consumed. And when you've experienced that in the here and now, my friends, the power comes through you and out of your mouth as thank you, as gratitude, as thanks for God's presence, powerful, holy presence right here in the moment. So right now, we're going to enter into this Eucharisteo. You and I, where you are there and the few of us who are here, we're going to take communion. And as you take bread and cup in your home today, I hope you will enter back into that story of Moses and know that there is hope here And now, in the present, no matter the circumstance, because God's presence is here. And because of that, this is holy ground. It is set aside for His purpose. I don't know, maybe just symbolically today, you want to kick off your shoes or your house slippers if you have them on. I think I'm going to here, right where I am. Just to say, God, I want to sink my feet right into this present moment. I don't want there to be anything between me and right where I am, which is right where you are. And because of that, this ground, this space, yes, even this year, 2020, is holy ground. It is set aside for your purpose. Something is going to happen in this time that transforms me. So I want to take bread and take cup and remember your presence in the present. So if you have, go ahead and get your communion elements ready. I want to pray this morning. Oh God of the holy present moment, Come and move in the homes of those who have gathered today. And as we take in our hands the 
present bread and cup. May it remind us that no matter where we go, the present is where you are and therefore it is holy ground. Teach us not to run from it, but to sink our feet deeply into what you are doing in the present. Help us not to run to the past, thinking if we could only get back to the glory days. Help us not to be anxious about the future and what might be so much that we miss your purpose, your holy purpose in the present. For we pray and ask this in the name of the one who gave us the bread and cup to remind us of your holiness here and now. In Jesus' name, our King's name we pray. Amen. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he held it up and said, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. Let us take together. that same night he took the cup and he blessed it and he said this is my blood which is poured out as a new covenant for the remission of sin take and drink let us take and drink together and be thankful Lord Jesus somehow mysteriously your spirit has come in the bread and the cup into our very bodies and into our present reality. Help us to experience the power of your presence and in this week of all weeks, may it drive us into the power of thanksgiving. Oh, to be thankful for all the blessings you have given us. But the true power in the thanks is that you have given all of this from your hand into our present moment. So as we gather in our households, some of us away from our family for the first time in a long time, can we sink our feet deep into the present Help us to experience your power there and bring us to gratitude and thanks. We pray in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. Would you stand right where you are all around in your living room and would you receive this blessing? And now may you, my brothers and my sisters, may you know the power of thanks. It's not in the things that you have received. It is in the presence of the one who is with you. And may you kick off your sandals and plant your feet deeply in the holy ground of this present moment. And I pray you will experience the power of God's presence 
that you will experience the holiness of this moment, of the here and now. And I pray that it will lead you to a great Thanksgiving holiday. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Thank you so much for joining us today, right there in your living room and making time. We believe that this is important. And whether you're watching this on Sunday or some other time in the week, we are glad that you are here. We are so grateful. Thank you. Have a happy Thanksgiving holiday. Eat lots of food. Wear your masks. Stay safe. And may God bless you as you go out through the rest of your week. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.